Hi, welcome to Tour de Tanya. This is class eight. Today we're going to be going through chapters 41 to 47, but as a quick um, as a quick review of the first 40 chapters in about five minutes, which is a ridiculous thing to try and do, but I will try it anyway, Um, So chapters one to three, we said, what is a Jew? So we said chapters one to three, just as a quick review, um, we're composed, a Jew is composed of two parts, the, um, the godly soul and the animal soul. The animal soul is um, painfully aware of its mortality and is driven by its uh, need to solidify its existence. That drives everything. The godly soul is the opposite. It has no fear of death and as such, um, is motivated by its love and fear of God and its desire to merge with its creator. Um, the, the soul is composed of an intellect and, a, uh, and emotions, which become enclosed in garments, which are called behavior, meaning the intellect uh, drives and creates or, uh, the emotions. Um, ideally, and then the emotions become enclosed within uh, behavior. Gabriel, keep on mute. Oh, good, anyway. Okay. Um, uh, that, I was muted, wasn't I? I, oh. I got you. You were good. Okay. Um, uh, we explained that Torah and mitzvahs, uh, mitzvahs are the behavior, so to speak, of the godly soul, which is like garments. And Torah learning, Torah is the idea of kind of sustenance. It, it enters into the it enters into the soul. Um, the truth is, everything that we learn becomes part of our soul. Uh, it actually creates the body of the soul, whether it's secular, which would then add uh, add suppose nourishment to the to the animal soul, to the human soul, and if it's godly Torah, it adds uh, nourishment to the uh, to the godly soul. Uh, we explain that there's two kinds of clipper. The clipper is the, the covering that allows everything to exist as we see it. Uh, it whole, everything is energized by, by divine energy, but that divine energy has to be received in some kind of container. That's called a clipper. Uh, we've got two levels of clipper. We've got the gimel clipper Timaeus, which are so dense that they are opaque and uh, it's impossible, therefore, to extract the, the divinity that's within. Uh, that creates the world of the forbidden. Then we have the Klippus Neuge, which is not so dense, which means it's translucent, but although it covers, it doesn't cover utterly. Uh, that creates the realm of the permissible, which is really the the realm in which the Jew is sent to this world to uh, to interact with and to elevate and to bring back, so to speak, to redeem and bring back to holiness. We've got the inner struggle that is created between this dichotomy of this desire to merge with God and become one with him, complete no selfless, complete selflessness, and the desire, the contrary desire, to solidify our selfhood. And that creates this dichotomy um, and gives rise to these three levels of Jew, so to speak. We have the, uh, the tzaddik, whose emotions are completely in line with godliness, and his behavior also is obviously 
completely aligned with God. Then we have the Russia, whose inner world is divided. He has uh, desires for God, um, godliness, and he also has strong desires for, uh, for things of this world, for himself, really everything comes down to that to be honest um and therefore and also his behavior is not perfect meaning he does things that are selfish meaning he goes against uh he goes against Torah and Hashem and he does sins basically he transgresses um and then we've got the middleman the Benoni which is really who we are and what we're striving to be who has a he experiences the inner dichotomy of uh, the desire for selflessness and the desire for selfishness, uh, but at the same time, his behavior is perfect. He exercises his will and trumps his behavior and always acts in accordance with God's will. Um, the long road to serving God is, um, is um, long-term meditation and learning that actually gets our emotions in line with God. And the short path is basically remembering that you would give up your life for God. So um, you might as well start living for him. That's basically, uh, that's chapters 18 to 25 said very, very quickly. Um, then the Rebbe goes on and explains from chapters 24 to 36, that the, the most foundational ingredient in divine service is simcha. Simcha can be described as basically an emotional um, alignment or openness where emotions are flowing. Now, that could be, that could also include, in a sense, um, a veilous mourning, um, but hopefully it. It just includes simcha, joy, uh, but the idea of it's not an emotion per se, but it is the health of your emotional faculties. When a person's besimcha, he will fear with deeper fear and he will love with a deeper love. When a person is ba'atzvah in depression, the opposite of simcha, he will not fear properly and he will not love properly. Um, and... Um, we went on and explained the five, five stages of the heart. The heart begins in a state called tintum, where you're blocked up. Uh, then there's a shvira, which means a, dis uh, a disassociation, I suppose, uh, a, disident uh, a disidentification with, uh, with your own physicality. And then there's a, a level of a bitterness of heart, merivasalev, which is basically a longing for change, uh, which then leads to what's called psichas uh, which means the openness of heart, which we could also call simcha, uh, which finally ends up at lev tuvav, which means, um, well, really, it's, it's not a state of a heart. It's, it's where, the two, that's why it's called lev tuvav, that the, um, the, the heart becomes the adjective and tuv becomes the noun, which means that's having accessed utter selflessness. That's the ultimate level of the heart, lev tuvav. Um, and then we explain very quickly that um, Hashem desires a dwelling in the lower world. And that's why he created all the worlds. 
so that he can actually come into the lowest world. The lowest level of this world is the ego of the human being. And it's in that place, which is the, the I suppose, the, the essence of our human soul, which Hashem wants us to turn around and give back to him. Um, and that's got, there's two analogies. It's, it's, a, it's synonymous. The, the concept is synonymous of bringing down Hashem into his world and returning the prince to the king. Um, it's just looking at the same it's looking at the same phenomena from two different sides of the two different sides of the same coin, bringing Hashem down into this world and bringing ourselves up to Him is the same thing. Shmuel, Shmuel, why, why are you saying the ego is the lowest thing? Isn't the domain the inanimate? Isn't that lower? No, not at all. The domain is actually, in a sense, the highest element of this world because it's completely nullified to Hashem. The ego, the human ego, is the only part of creation that can turn around and say, I am God. That's really the lowest part. So that's why our entire avoider, because I, I said earlier that our entire avoider is in Klippas Moige, yeah? Which will involve all of the inanimate things and the plant life and all the kosher animals, etc. But remember that whenever you're interacting with Klippas Moige, with the permissible things of this world, by definition, your animal soul is engaged. So even though we're raising up, this is a very important thing to know, is that even though we're raising up all the physicality of this world, et cetera, et cetera, in every single thing we're doing, we're really raising up the animal soul to God. That's why the Jew's animal soul comes from Klippus Noga. Because if it came from Klippus Timaeus, we wouldn't be able to do it because you can't lift that up. You understand? So that's the foundation of our entire service is the lifting up. The, the fact that we've got to lift up the, the, the inanimate world and the plant world and the animal world and all that stuff, that's very important, but it pales in comparison to the true work of the Jew, which is raising up the natural soul, the animal soul to God. Um, and then we said basically the concept of kavana in a mitzvah. The intention behind the mitzvah, we could call the energy that is invested into the mitzvah. And we've got basically two kinds of energies. There's the energy that is generated by intellectual, by, by, by the mind, which is the reason why, you know, political activists could be so into their cause. And then there's the latent energy of the heart that's just the natural energy, the natural love that the, the animal soul has, that the, the godly soul has for God. Uh, that's a much lower level of energy. By the way, those are both energies that raise the mitzvah up, which I'm not going to get into now. Um, and there's also the idea of doing a mitzvah without any energy whatsoever, uh, where the energy, the mitzvah doesn't get stuck in klipah, um, because there's no selfishness involved, uh, but it doesn't go up, doesn't ascend. Okay. Wait, well, one, one question, Ha'ara. It sounds like, based on what you're saying, that the Ikar of Oda is really in the lifting up your own Klippus Noga, your ego, right? So then it comes out that the mitzvah, it's not really the mitzvah that Hashem wants. Hashem doesn't really need to be revealed in the Misa, in the domain or whatever it is that you're doing mitzvah, it's really you and just you're using that as a tool to get yourself to do Ratzon Hashem. Well, 
No, not 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 really. I, I suppose you could say like this: a mitzvah is composed of four. It's really three, but let's just make it simple and say four parts: time, space, energy, and matter. Every mitzvah, if you were to plot out the coordinates of every mitzvah according to time, space, energy, and matter, you'd have the whole shofar off. That's what that's we need. For example, you light Hanukkah candles at a certain time. Yeah, Kuf Hey Kislev until base Tavis. Um, the um, the place needs to be three to fachim high and ten to fachim low, etc. Yeah, the 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 chomer, the um, the um, what do you call it? The uh, material is is the is the candle and the menorah and etc. And the energy is your nefesh of Bahamas. That's an ingredient in the mitzvah. So the, the mitzvah also needs, it's not just that, that's the primary, that's the primary ingredient. Um, but the um, but all the other ingredients are also important. So we are raising up all of Klippus Noga, but the deepest, the, the deepest concealment of Klippus Noga is the animal soul of the Jew. That's the deepest concealment. So that's where our energy is focused but we're still always raising up the divine energy within the inanimate, the vegetable, and the animal also. But it's even deeper concealed in Kalipas Timaeus. Yeah, and that's the, that is actually the toughness of creation, is to, for the Yidden to bring Torah to the Goyim. That's, that's the real toughness of creation. Yeah, but we don't say that over here because that makes us sound not so good. <laughs> Um, I'm just joking. Okay, so we need to, we're a little bit behind now. Now, we need to define Ava and Yira. What is love and fear? Okay, but Yira, I'm not going to call Yira fear. I'm just going to call it Yira, because really it could be called fear or, or respect, depending on the context. So we're just going to call it Ava and Yira, okay? Ava is translated as love. Yira, as I said, or fear or respect. Okay, basically they are, movements towards and away so rutson is energy yeah we know the system works without getting too deep there's rutson then there's intellect then there's emotions then there's behavior okay rutson is will will is just energy pure unbridled energy which way is it going we did there's no definition there there's no definition it's given direction through the emotions that's rutson. So you could have a strong rutson to get away from something, or you could have a strong rutson to come close to something. So Ava and Yira are ideally rutson channeled through intellect and, and enclosed within Ava and Yira, meaning the desire to come close or the desire to go away. It also could be described as expansiveness or contractiveness how what's the opposite of expansiveness contraction smallness big or small okay it could be it love could be called big and being big and fear could be called small okay so the the foundation of all avoidance Hashem is years shemaim yira why is yira which we could also call self-containment the foundation even though earlier on in, in chapter four, the Rebbe said that Yira is the Shoresh 
the root of all um, mitzvahs lois asse, and av is the root of all mitzvahs asse. But then he comes along in chapter 41 and says, no, no, really, yira is the foundation of avodah Hashem, the entire foundation. Listen to this for, for unbelievable. Every relationship, the respect in a relationship is more foundational than the love. How so? Because if you don't have respect, you're, there's no other. Oh, there you go. So buying, well, but how does that work? That's it. You said it in a nutshell, but the mechanics of it are, are as follows, how I understand it, that doing something for someone can and usually does involve pleasure, your own pleasure. There is no pleasure by definition. There is no pleasure in holding back. So, for example, buying my wife flowers, which would be an act of love, can and probably would be and should be, um, uh, should contain pleasure for me. There could be a very self, um, a very self-involved motive buying my wife flowers. However, when my wife is cold and I'm hot and she asks me to turn off the air conditioning, now that act, which is an act of yira self-containment that act proves that she exists in my world and that's the foundation of a relationship that's why yira is more foundational than love because by yira you are demonstrating that the other actually exists by so love, why, why is there why is there more pleasure in buying flowers than there is for turning off the air conditioner because by definition you want the air conditioning on if, if you don't want it on and she asks for it to be turned off, then you're not, you're not exercising Yira. But exercising Yira means you're putting her needs above your needs. Ave is a very self-involved phenomenon, whereas Yira is very much a, a concept of self-containment. She wants the Mazgan off. I want it on. Therefore, I turn it off, basically, which would be a negative. That would be I don't do something. That would be considered an act of self-containment, of putting her reality above my reality. And that means that I'm actually in a relationship with her. And that's why year is the foundation of all of, uh, of, all of our avoidance Hashem. So now the lowest level of year is called Kabbalah's oil, Malchus Kabbalah's oil is not really a year in that it is a, um, it's a commitment. It's not an emotion, it's not a feeling, it's just a commitment. Whatever Hashem says, I'm going to do. That's the foundation of everything. It's not an actual, it's not an actual emotion, an actual feeling. And what is it that we're here to do? We are here for one purpose only, and that is for Malchus Shemayim, which means that we are here to allow Hashem to express himself in his world. That is the purpose of the Jew. We are just a little hole, or hopefully a big hole, where Hashem can flow into his world. That's the purpose of the Jew. And that's the avoid of an Eved. An Eved, uh, a slave, a servant, is like a person's hand. He has no agenda in and of his own right. He's just there to allow the master to express himself more fully in a way that he wouldn't without him. 
And um, but with all that said, the Rebbe says that it's also very important um, that we should be cognizant of the uh, of the avoider of the um, of the uh, of the unification of 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 that we can get out of this selfish idea of of serving God because on this level what we just spoke about was I'm here to reveal God in this world and we should be constantly trying to stay aware of the fact that it's Hashem's Ratzon to merge with the Shekhinah basically to merge with this world um, and and that's going to be a level of of selflessness that we can implement into our mitzvahs and that's something we should be constantly cognizant of. Um, The Rebbe explains how we move from Kabbalah's oil to the first level of Yira. The first level of Yira is called Yira Tata, and that's an actual experience, that's an actual feeling. Whereas Kabbalah's oil, like we said, is just a commitment. Uh, the way we move, we transition from Kabbalah's oil to Yira Tata is through Das, through accessing our innate Jewish consciousness of Hashem, our innate Jewish awareness of God. Once we've been, once we've we've received on us the oil the yoke of heaven, um, once we can become cognizant of the fact that, or cognizant of our awareness our jewish awareness by way of the fact that we're just jewish the awareness we have of god that means we're transitioning now into year tatar year tatar meaning the lower year is on one foot a simple awareness of the presence of the creator i'm just aware of an eye that sees and an ear that hears the lowest level would be i have no concept of how great that eye is or how great that ear is, but I'm aware that I'm being watched. I have some level of, of cogn- uh, what's the word? Co- I'm, I'm cognizant of the fact that I am at whatever degree in the presence of God. Now it's also called years hate. The year Tatar has got three words. Okay. The lower year is called it's, it's got three words, uh, three names. Yira Tatar, Yira's Chait, and Yira Chitsoinus. The three, they're the three, uh, the three, um, they're synonymous, but they all refer Yira's to... Yira's Onish also, no? Yira's Onish. No, 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 not at all. Yira's Onish is not a Yira. It's not a Yira. It is, it's not a, uh, a it's, it's a, a self-involved, it's like Avaschar, calling that uh, Ava. It's not that, that Yiras Oynesh, the Rebbe does not talk about Yiras Oynesh in any, in any context in the Tanya. Very important to realize that. Yiras Oynesh, the Rebbe does say in other Maimorim that in the worst case scenario, when it's the only thing that's going to help, yeah, then you can use Yiras Oynesh. But it is a very, very, very Bidi Evid um, uh, method to to do to do the right thing. But you should know that with Nachman in Sichas Aran, I looked at today in Sichas Aran Hay. You should read that. Um, he speaks very highly about Yerusha Oynesh, 
So you have to work that out. Anyway, uh, but 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 the Alter Rebbe definitely isn't a fan of USO Inish. So so it's Yer Tatar. So we can understand what it is really, really easily by knowing it's three names. Yer Tatar means the lower Yera. Yeras hate means it's the fear of sin, not the fear of punishment, the fear of sin. And Yeras Chitsonius uh, means it's the, an external Yera. So Yeras Tatar means it's coming from our perspective. It's there's me and I'm being watched by God. I come first and God's watching me. He's in my world, but it's my world, but he's there. Then there's years hate. Years hate means that I'm scared of sinning now because, I mean, well, how can you sin when he's standing there watching you? <laughs> you know, what do you, your kids say? Uh, you know, one of your kids says, Abba, do you drink from, you know, do you drink from the bottle when you go to the fridge? You're like, no, no, no. And then he's gone away and you drink. But, but while he's standing there, you would never dream of drinking from the bottle in front of him, yeah? So you as hate me as a cold man that you're aware that he's standing there watching you. How can you do a sin? Simple as that. You as Chetsonius is really relevant in that what is it that you're fearful from? When you're standing in front of a king... I always give this example. You're sitting in front of Donald Trump yeah, in the Oval Office or whatever. And um, he's standing, he's sitting there leaning in, look, watching at you. Yeah? You're in your best, best behavior. You would never think of picking your nose, for example. Excuse the, excuse the, uh, the crass analogy. If he falls asleep, then there is a chance that you might scratch, let's just say scratch your head. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a chance that you might have to scratch your head, yeah? Colesman, he's standing there watching you. You're not going to scratch your head. But once he falls asleep, there's a good chance that you're going to scratch, scratch your head. What's the difference? Because you're cognizant of his consciousness. How do you know that he's aware of you? Through his body. The body is not something that you're fearful of in any way. But it's the awareness that that body represents that is what gives you that self-containment. And that's why it's called Yeras Chetsonius, the external era, because you're using this world. This world is garments for the Rabbi Nishalim. You could look at this world, so to speak, as, as Hashem's body, even though he has no body and no, no form of a body. But you could say, that the way the Rebbe says it is this, this world is Hashem's garments. Hashem is the Neshama of this world. So a yid with Yerushmite, with Yerusha, with Yeratatar, with Yerchitsonius, he looks at this world in the same way, Lahavdil, that you look at the body of Donald Trump. And he extrapolates from this world the consciousness of the creator who's standing here aware of him right now, just like when you see Donald Trump with his eyes open and full with full awareness of you, that you're aware of his, his watching consciousness, his awareness. And that's why it's called Yerchitsonius, because this world is an intrinsically important part of your recognition of God. Because just like I know that I'm being watched by Mr. Trump while his body's in front of me, so too I know that I'm being watched because of the world, because of the physicality of the world. Now, if we, then Mishran Ava says, in, in, it actually says it differently, the opposite to the way the Rebbe says it, it says, in Chochmah, in Yir, in Yir, in 
But the Rebbe says, If there's no fear, there's no chokhmah. And if there's no chokhmah, there's no yira. So the first yira is what we just spoke about. That's yira tatar. And that gets you to perform mitzvahs and to not do any avayras. Now, that leads to a level of chokhmah. That leads to a level of, you could call it moichin de gadnas, expansive expansive consciousness, whatever you want to call it. And that expansive consciousness leads to the next level of, of Yira, which is called Yira Ilah, the higher level of Yira. Yira Ilah has also got another two names, just like Yira Tatar has. It's also called Yira's Boishis and Yira's Panemius. The fact that it's connected to Chochmah, the Rebbe explains that you've got um, Chochmah is, he explains, he gives you three kind of chazals. Koyachma, Chochmah ayin timatze, and Chochmah So these three levels of Chochmah, or these three um, ideas of Chochmah, explain to us basically on one foot that, um, that you are aware your awareness is coming from Hashem's perspective. That's what Chochmah is. Chochmah is the interface between our consciousness and God. And as such, Chochmah is more aware of God than it is this world. And that's what Yira Ilar is. If Yira Tatar means there's me and I'm being watched by God, Yira Ilar is Yira Ilah, higher Yira, is there's God, and what am I doing here? Now, that comes from a, a total dedication in to your Vodas Hashem through Tone Mitzvahs. And as you transition to a deeper recognition of the Vodas you are ascending in levels of Yira Ilah. And that's why it's called Yir Panemius. Why? Yir Chitsonius is referring to you are extrapolating from this world, so to speak, Hashem's body, so to speak, to Hashem. Yir Panemius means you're starting from the other direction. You're going from the Neshama of the world, which is Hashem, and now you're looking from that perspective onto the world. It's a completely different experience. And that's why it's called years boishis, which means a fear of, um, of, of shame. Not, not like a toxic shame. It's a very healthy shame. It's the shame that I've described, or the embarrassment that I described before, is um, like when a guy is completely dressed in white and he's got like a spaghetti stain on his shirt. And, um, and everyone, you know, there's lots of analogies for that. But I never heard this one, is that how do you think the spaghetti stain feels? It's like, it's like, you know what, it's like, uh, Tomer, to just tell you, it's like me going to Chicago for Shabbos with my strimal in the show. <laughs> you know, you're the only strimal amongst like 200, you know, 200 guys, you know, maybe a couple with hats, without hats, whatever. But that's the same kind of idea. It's like you feel it's, out. That's happening to me next Shabbos. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the spaghetti stain on the white shirt. You're like looking around thinking, wow, what am I doing here? That's the that's why it's called Yisboishus because if your perspective is infinity, 
then like, what am I doing? What, what, what am I doing here? I'm just a little speck. Like that doesn't make sense. I shouldn't be here. That's, I'm just like, a, I'm just like, a, that, that's embarrassing. I just feel embarrassed in front of Hashem to such a degree. That's Yiri Allah. Okay. Tom, you can turn your camera on, by the way. You're not, you're not going to go on, uh, you're not going to go live. Where are you like? <laughs> Anyway. No, I'm, 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 I'm running around. So no I, problem, I, no I'm problem. just trying. Okay, so that's Yira, the way I understand it. So Yira so Oynesh is not spoken about. That's not a Yira, that in the Zoya's That is called a Yira Ra. A Yira Ra means it's a selfish, it's the opposite of Yira. Yira is all about self-containment and being small and nothing. Yira so Oynesh is a completely different thing. It's all to do with me, so it's not called year. It's 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 not it's not it's not year in the sense of the emotions of Ava and year. It's a completely different concept. Not that you can't use it. Not that it's it's obviously better to be fearful of a punishment and not do the avail than do the avail. Obviously, um, but um, you have to be very careful, careful with that. Now the two loves that the Rebbe talks about. So. I've spent a lot of time over the past week really getting this clear, I hope. And I think you can say it like this. The, the Rebbe talks about Ava Rabba and Avas Oilam. It's really Kadai to try and remember these, these words. Um, and then he speaks about what's called Nafshi Visicha, my soul longs, and Kabara, which is called like a son, Kabara Deshtadelachim. That like a son who who exerts himself after his father and mother. Ava Rabba and Ava's Oilam. So Ava Rabba is a gift from Shemayim. You can't, all you the Rebbe says it's a gift that is given to somebody who is um, who is complete in his year Ilah. When a person comes to the highest level of year Ilah, then it could be that Hashem will bless this person with Ava Rabba. It's called an Ava Batanugim. It's a pleasure love. Um, I'm not clear particularly on what that means. I could speak about it, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel qualified to, to discuss it too much. Um, but it's a um it's it, it's when the most essential part of you, which is called your pleasure, your oineg, has been turned into godliness and it's a it's a love of it's the love that the neshama experiences in oilam haba um, and oilam and neshamas and all that kind of stuff um, but but the most important thing to remember is that it's a love that's given to you that's the most important thing to remember of this love where i understand it avas oilam on the other hand links in with yira tatar yira tatar is an awareness of God through this world. Avas Oilam, Oilam, which means world, um, is exactly that. It also means eternal, but really the, 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 the most helpful translation in this context is love of the world, meaning that it's through this world that you end up loving God, and in particular, understanding how good this world is. By concentrating on the goodness of this world and the pleasures of this world and realizing and always connecting them back to the source that will generate within you an avas oilam 
Now it's amazing when you think about it because really every time you say thank you to Hashem, you are experiencing a little bit of Avas Oilam. Saying thank you to Hashem basically means you're recognizing some kind of good or pleasure, it might even be a hidden good or pleasure in this world, and you're connecting it back to the Rabbi Nishloilam. And that is generating within you this Avas Oilam, which means a self-created love, a love that you created by yourself through your own mind. And that's how important it is to be saying thank you the whole time to the Boinishloilam. It's really um that's that is the avoid of Avas Oilam. So you've got Ava Rabba, which is a gift from God, is given to you by Hashem. You could say it's an innate kind of thing, uh, nothing to do with you really. And then you've got Avas Oilam, which is the exact opposite thing. It's you generated it yourself. Now, the Rebbe goes on and he talks about another two kinds of loves. So really, when you think about it, is Avarabba and Avas Oilam are ways to accessing love, in a sense. Whereas now the Rebbe speaks about these two other kinds of love called Nafshi Ivisicha, which means my soul thirsts for you, and Kabo, which means like a son who, who works for, who, who exerts himself for his parents. Now, Nafshi Ivisicha Belayla, which means my soul, I first through at night, the Re- and Kabbalah, the Rebbe explains, have got an element of self-generated love, like Avas Oilam, and uh, a, 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 a natural love, so to speak, a, 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 it's not like it's a natural, uh, a godly given love that's out of your control, an innate love, that's the way to say it, an innate love um, like Avas, like Ava Rabba. So they're composed of both sides, meaning that everybody has the potential for this love called Nafshi Visicha, every Jew, and every Jew has the potential for this love called Kaboah. But you have to meditate on what I'm going to say in a second to actually experience these kinds of love. And it, this all sounds very, very theoretical and not applicable, but in a minute you'll see how it's insanely relevant, insanely relevant. That Nafshi Visicha is the love that you have for your life. And everyone loves their life. Oh, but what about the people who commit suicide? We could talk about that, but I don't want to get involved in that right now. But everyone loves life. People don't like things that are bad in their life, but everyone loves life. Um, But that isn't a love that is bigger than your life. That's a love of your life. And that will cause you to wake up in the middle of the night and exert yourself tremendously, just like any sane human being will exert himself for his life. Someone who's lazy who doesn't do that is not a sane human being. There's a lot of those people. But any sane human being will be exerting himself constantly for his life. Kabbalah is the recognition that, like your, like the son who recognizes his, his father is his source, he recognizes that not that God is his life, that God is the source of his life. And that is a love that includes the Messias Nefesh. That is a love where you realize that your beloved is bigger than your life. And that would include you giving up your life for that love. 
which is very intense, but it doesn't cause you to exert yourself like the love nafshi ivisicha. Just like everybody, like we said before, ask the average workaholic, would you give your life for your kids? And he would say yes. And you say to him, so why can't you just come home like, and put them to bed? Why are you at work 24-7, 24-6? And he'll just be like, uh, 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 I got to pay for their college or something stupid like that. So even though he's aware that he would give his life for his children, it's not actually causing him to exert himself for his children. So that's similar in a sense to this level of Kabbalah. It doesn't compel you to action in the same way as Nafshi Ibisicha does. Because Nafshi Ibisicha is more of a selfish love, and that means you can really exert yourself. Now listen to this. This is Moedic. It's worth writing this down. Now, don't get hung up in the relationships, okay? These are just symbols for the love, okay? Ahava Rabba is the highest level, and that's comparable. Well, say it's the highest level. I'm not going to say it's the highest level. You could argue both ways. Avas Oilam and Ava Rabba. So let's just go. Let's say Avas Oilam. Avas Oilam is the relationship between a man and his wife. Ava Rabba is the relate again. Don't get caught up in. Don't start plugging it into your own reality. It's what these relationships symbolize. Okay, so Ava Rabba. Uh, so Ava's Oilam is represented by a man's relationship with his wife. Ava Rabba is represented by the a man's relationship with his sister. Nafshi Ivisicha is symbolized by a man's relationship with his child. And Kabbalah symbolizes man's relationship to his father. This is so profound. The Avas Oilam, which is like your, like the relationship with your wife is like fire. Okay. Ava Rabba, which is the relationship with your sister is like water. Nafshi Ivisicha, which is a relationship with your children, is like air. And Kabbalah is a relationship with your father, like earth. You could, we could discuss this for hours. It's unbelievable, moment. But just very quickly, Avas Oilam is the bridging of a distance. You, a man and wife come together. She comes from... Manchester, he comes from London, or she comes from uh, whatever, um, New York, and he comes from California, or from England, and, and anyway, they're man or woman as well, but, but they're from different places, they grew up in different pl places with different, everything's different, they're very different, and that distance is causing this desire to come closer, which is a fiery love. Okay, that's a love that you have to produce yourself. If you don't exert yourself in your relationship with your wife, yeah, then nothing's going to happen. The relationship of a man with his sister is a relationship of closeness. It's always there. It's steady. It's like water. It's just steady and tranquil, and it doesn't go up and down, and it's natural. That's kabat. That's ava rubber. That's that's from God. That's just innate, so to speak. 
Nafshi Ivisicha, the selfish love, the love of my life, is the love in which we love our children with. Because our love for our children is actually a selfish love. And that's how we can see ultimately selfish people who are able to give to their children in an extraordinary, an extraordinary way where they can't give to anybody else in such a way. Why? Because they are vicariously giving to themselves, so to speak, for their children. Their children are an extension of themselves. So every energy that we exist in, we, we put into our children is, so to speak, an investment into ourself in a sense. You, you understand? Whereas the relationship with your parent, and this is most profoundly described by the final test of the child's relationship to his parent, which is usually nursing the parent to death. That's an utterly selfless love. That's the love of earth. Why? Well, the love of, let's just plug it in again. Why is Nafshi Vesicha the love of air? Because just like air is what keeps you to live and what you would do for your next breath of air if there was no air would be unimaginable, so too. Nafshi uh, Kabora, which is the love of a parent, the love a child has for his parent, don't say a child, because a child doesn't have, we're talking about a, a man has for his father, let's call it like that, is the love of a son for his father, that is an utterly selfless love, which is most profoundly demonstrated in the nursing of the, of the parent to death at the end of his life, where there's no benefit for the child. There's no benefit for the son. It's not like you're investing in, your, in, in something that's going to give you nachas or whatever. Yeah, At the end of the whole process, the parent dies and that's it. You go on with your life. That's a completely selfless love. And that's like earth. Gabriel, why is that like earth? Less immigrant clum, I don't know. Yeah, with you. Earth is completely nullified, completely selfless, like Malchus. Malchus is art, etc. That's the, that's the reason. Um, so those are the those are the um, those are basically the four kinds of love. You've got Ava Rabba, which is an innate love. You have Avas Oilam, which is a self-generated love. And then you have Nafshi Ivisicha, which is a selfish love, which is a hybrid of those two. And you have Kabora, which is a selfless love, which is a hybrid of the two. And What's we... the last word you're saying? Sorry? What is that last thing you just said? Kabara? Kabara means like a, like a son. Kabara dishtado and Ava Rabba is a wife? No, Ava Rabba is like a sister. Love of a sister, sister, that's innate. It's something, okay, I got it. But, don't, but don't, got it. don't think about how you love your sister. It's, it's, it's just a symbol for the, it's a symbol. It's okay, a, it's, tie this together. I'm confused exactly how this all fits together. Let's, let's keep going. <laughs> we tied it together. What's the point of all this? Why, why are you telling me this? These are the different loves. These are the different experiences of love that we have that, that are accessible that we have for God. There's a love that comes from God himself. It's just by definite, by, by dint of the fact that we're Jewish. That's just there. That's called Ava Rabba, if Hashem decides to reveal it in us. Then there's Ava's Oilam, which is the love that we should be found, we should be um, most um, 
what's the word? Most uh, engaged. Focused on. Yeah, most yeah. focused on, which means appreciation of the things of this world, saying thank you to the Boina Shoilam and constantly plugging back the pleasure of life and the pleasure of reality and the, the perfection of this world back to Hashem. And that will cause a love. That's the that's the the ikka love that we're involved. In. And that's the difference between chakras of Shabbos and chakras of weekday. Weekday is a harvest olam that you have to generate, and Shabbos is a gift from Hashem. Just like eating on Shabbos and eating on the whole. Eat. There's two reasons why we eat. One is for energy. One is for pleasure. By definition, when we eat for energy, that's a means to an end. Eating for uh-huh. pleasure is an end to itself. So the entire avoid of the chol, that's the reason why it's called malacha, because the malachas are all processes. One leads to the next. They're all means to an end. That's why malacha is the word malach from, a, from an angel, because an angel is a means to an end, unlike a neshama, which is an end in itself. That's why we say nishmas on Shabbos. So Shabbos is always end. That's why it's called tachlis and the oretz. It's an end unto itself. So we eat for pleasure on Shabbos. Whereas in the whole, we don't eat for pleasure at all. We eat for energy, which is the whole, anyway. Um, yeah. So. And then the last two, just say the last two in relation to Hashem. So, nafshi means we love God in the, in the way that we love, our, we love our life. That gets us up in the middle of the night. It's that love that causes you to do insane things for Hashem, or should cause you to do insane. And that's not innate, or it is innate? It's it's innate, but you have to juice it up. You have to catalyze it by remembering. You have to open it up. You have to reveal it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Is that the uh, Mister That's well. Yeah. Kind. Well. Yeah. Basically, but it's the revelation of that. It's the revelation of that on a. It's not. Re- it's a certain kind of love in it's, the heart. It's a hava rubber that's juiced up. No. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, the hava rubber is referring to the fact that it's latent in your heart. It's just there. So the, the energy of, of using your mind to remember how much you love life, just being grateful for life, that's just, just keeping your fixation on how much you love life and how much you're prepared to exert yourself for life, that is the experience of Nafshi Ivisicha Belayla. And that is where most of your avoider comes from. That's the, that's the love that energizes the, the majority of your avoider Hashem. That's the kind of thing that can get you up in the middle of the night. That's a, I thought, just we, just said, I thought we just said a Havasolam was, was that which you think about the thank, being thankful for all the things. You're saying this is for your life, not for the things that's, in your life. That's what, yeah, so exactly. That, and that, that's the reason why I said that Havasolam and Avarabha are more like drachim ways to get to the love. And uh-huh. in the loves, Nafshi Yivisicha and Kabbalah is a little more helpful. But that, that's a bit of a chiddish. People don't talk of it like that. People talk about these four loves uh, where Nafshi Vesikha is like a hybrid and Kabbalah is like a hybrid of Ava Rabba and Avas Oilam. Just say what Kabbalah is in a relationship to Hashem. Like just... Kabbalah means that you recognize that Hashem is the source of your life and that you're a bottle within Him, that your life is in, his, in context of Him, that you recognize Him as the source of your life. And that is the love that will allow you to give up your life for God. Even though you could give up your life like you could give up your life for your children, you wouldn't really be giving up your life. It might be explained. It's not, that's not true, Messias Nefesh. That's like the Messias Nefesh of, of, uh, of, you know, 
Jeff for Pinky the Whale. That that's not real Masseuse Nefesh. But 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 Kabbalah. Your kid is you. Your kid is an extension of you. Exactly. So you're giving yourself up for you, which is really self-preservation. So so even though it looks like you're giving up your life for your child, you're not really. You're investing into your life. That's what your avoider for your child is. Don't think you're a big tzaddik because you're a good dad. That's just that's you know. Think you should you can think yourself as a good big tzaddik when you're a good husband, but when you're a good dad, that's just uh, that just makes sense. That's just being normal. That's just being healthy. Okay, we're a little bit behind time, but I'm just want to try and get these few last things done. Um, the Rebbe goes on and explains another where well, it's not really a love it's an, a way of accessing and whatever without getting into which love it accesses but this is a very important idea is compassion rahmanus is a tremendous segula um has a segula inherent uh it means like um like a segula means like a charm trick it's like a, it's a it's a great it's not the right word but it means it's like a great way to um to uh what's the word to um to reveal love if you hate someone and you have compassion on them there's a good chance that it will help you love them um compassion or rahmanas let's call it rahmanas could also be translated as empathy What's the difference between sympathy and empathy? Gavro, you have an answer for that? Sympathy is where you feel bad for the other person. Empathy is where you feel the other person. So basically, the way I understand it is by basically they're saying sympathy is about me. If I was in your position, I would feel terrible. Therefore, I have sympathy for you. It's really all about me and I'm extrapolating from me to you. Empathy is actually forgetting about me and entering into you. That's Rahmanas. And that is the, that is the ultimate segula. One of, I don't know about the ultimate, it's an, it's an amazing segula for revealing love. Having compassion on your child will help you love them. And the Rebbe explains that having compassion on the fact that your godly soul basically says have Rahmanas on God, in that your godly soul is being dragged through the mud and all the bad stuff that you're doing, and the fact that you're just embodied as a human being and caught up in self-identification, which is completely false, in complete, complete false, without even getting involved in, in the veils and stuff. Um, have Rahmanas on your godly soul, and that will generate a, a love. That that chapter, I think it's 45 in, in Tanya, is like a um, it's like a poem. It's like the most profound meditation if you read it slowly, and it, it's just the most beautiful meditation. It's, it's so special. Um, and then we're just we've got a couple more minutes to explain another kind of love it's again it's not really a love it's really again another way of accessing love which is called the reciprocal love um just as the pasuk says that like water when you look in water your same face gets reflected back to you the rebbe explains that naturally the way the world works is that your heart reflects back the emotion that the other person is feeling towards you can you override that yeah 
But if you're running on the default factory settings of who you are, then it should be that when someone loves you, you will love them back. Now, this is basically true in any case, but when the person who loves you is a very high person or very big person and you're a very lowly person then that love will be even more intense just like a, the Rebbe gives the analogy of a big king picking up a, a lowly pauper and taking him into the palace and kissing him and hugging him taking him into the the most inner chambers etc and the love that that pauper will feel to the king he said is comparable to the fact that Hashem came and pulled us out of Mitzrayim out of Egypt when we were in the lowest state and he spent some time explaining how, how high God is, which is quite helpful. Um, and then what it means that God gave us Torah mitzvahs, which is like being invited into the innermost chambers of Hashem and actually coming into a, a, a marital bond with, with Hashem himself. And that's, that's um, the idea of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and he says that the, the, the time that, we, that Hazal gave us to meditate on this love is Kriya Shema. Kriya Shema has been Makabal Oil Malchashemayim, which is basically the declaration that I want to be merged with Hashem, that Hashem is, is reality, and I'm just a detail in his reality. And as such, they shipped in. Um, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim into Kriya Shema because that's the same idea. Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim on a personal level means you're coming out of your identification with self. That's called being bound up in the chains. It's called Melech um, Asoburahitim, which means the king is bound up in chains. Um, that means, and it says in the Zoya, which means the chains of the mind, which means the human being has become identified with his human persona. And Kriya Shema is the breaking free of that, remembering that you're a detail in his reality, which is Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which is the releasing of the soul, the godly soul, from its identification with its human, with its human counterpart as opposed to remembering that you're a godly soul in this world, having a human experience, as opposed to a human in this world with a, with a, with a neshama. Um, what I just did there was the most terrible reduction of what we should sit and spend dozens and dozens of hours learning. But again, like I've said over and over, this, this thing, what I'm doing right now, is just to try and kind of spark in you a commitment to actually take this on as your own personal project. Because no one can give you Tanya. There's only one person who can give you Tanya, and that's you. <laughs> well, you don't even give it to yourself. You just have to decide that you want it. And then you're like, like they said, uh, Rav Noah Weinberg said, Zetzal, go round the yeshiva, any yeshiva, and ask all the bochum. You want to learn all of Shas? Every single bocha will say yes. But then you see the one guy at the front of the yeshiva who's there 24-7 learning shas. What's the difference in him and everyone else? He really wants to learn shas. The other guys just say they want to learn shas. If a person really wants something, he goes and does it. That's all I'm trying to do now. I'm just trying to like spark this rotson that you want to take. This is, 
the greatest pleasure in my life, literally, is, is, my, is my relationship to Sefer Tanya. Okay.